guys. Praise God. Let's take a seat. Let's take a seat. Staying in an attitude of worship, and we're just going to jump right in to the message tonight. Whoo! Come on. I feel so encouraged worshiping with you guys. I uh, was doing some studying on the Holy Spirit, who is God, and one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is to show the active presence of God in the world, and especially the church. And so, you know, kind of in simple terms, he helps us experience God as real in the here and now. I don't know about you, but I just, I felt like I really experienced the Holy Spirit even just now in worship. Hey, my name's Jake. I'm one of the youth pastors here. I'm so glad to be with you guys. Um, I was gone for a while because I also, uh, me and my wife, um, have our firstborn son, William. And uh, so this is my first time getting to speak. I'm super excited, and um, I'm just so excited, guys, because everything that we were just singing about, I just so believe it's real. I just love the Bible so much. I, you know why? Is because I just believe it's powerful. Romans 1, you know, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, Right? Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Whoa. Jeremiah 23, 29, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, right? Uh, all scriptures, God breathes, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God is powerful. And I'm so excited for... Um, just just sharing some of God's word tonight with you. So if you would, take that handout and be ready to take some notes. I'm just asking, hey guys, would you, would you just expect, because God's good um, and he loves you so much, would you just expect tonight that God wants to speak to you? Would you just expect that he, because he's so good and he made you, he loves you, he wants to speak to you tonight through his word. So we're in this series called Remain. Can everybody say Remain? And this is in a section of scripture called the Farewell Discourse. Jesus is about to go to the cross to die for our sins. And he's preparing his disciples for his departure. So he's encouraging them, he's comforting them, and he's also instructing them right before he leaves. Does that make sense? He's about to go to the cross. He's about to leave them physically, so he's preparing them for that. And in John chapter 15, come on, I'm so excited. Jesus is going to use this amazing extended metaphor, illustration, analogy to kind of give us this amazing command to remain in him. As he goes, he's going to say, I'm going, but remain in me. And he talks about how he's the vine and we're the branches and he wants us to bear fruit. In fact, I brought a picture just so we can have it up here. So see that? There's the vine over there. It's kind of blurry. Sorry about that. There's the vine. See the branch? And then, man, look at those. Look at that fruit. So have that in your mind. The branches have to stay connected to the vine in order to bear fruit, right? What a powerful image. Um, and Jesus is going to use that throughout the scriptures. I just love that picture. And this is reality is that when we stay connected to Jesus, we can bear much fruit. We're going to talk about that. We're just going to read through John 15, and it's 
it's life-changing stuff. So let me pray and let's jump in, expecting God to speak. God, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for your word. It's so good. And um, I just really pray that you'd speak to us tonight. And Lord, teach me. Teach me first, Lord, to remain in you. And teach us all to remain in you. Love you so much. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Here we go. John 15, verses 1 through 2. Here it goes. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay. So who is everybody in this analogy? Jesus is the vine. He's the source of life, right? His disciples, true disciples, are the branches that bear fruit. Branches that don't bear fruit are kind of supposed followers of Christ who profess faith but don't actually want to remain in Jesus. And then the gardener is the father. And what we're seeing here is that the father's at work. He's involved in our lives. What's Jesus doing here in these first two verses? He's preparing his disciples for two things. For defection, because some disciples are going to abandon him, like Judas. And he's preparing his disciples for discipline or pruning that's going to happen, right? Because if we take a step out of the analogy, Jesus is about to depart. Judas is about to betray him. And his disciples are about to go through a lot of difficult and hard things. So Jesus is preparing us, even in these first two verses, hey, don't be surprised when some people who claim to follow Christ desert him. And don't be surprised, true disciples of mine, when you go through hard things following me. Jesus said to take up our cross and follow him. And things are going to be hard, right? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So true disciples of mine, hey, don't be surprised when pruning comes, but be excited because it's actually pruning you to make you even more fruitful. Wow. All right, so that's what's going on in verses 1 and 2. And then he says something kind of surprising. Verse 3. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What? What's going on here? All right, what you, what you can't really see in the English is that the word clean is similar to the word pruned. So Jesus is kind of saying, hey, pruning is coming, my true disciples. But hey, here's the thing. You've already been pruned. What is Jesus doing here? He is setting the stage for the command that he's going to give us in verse 4, which is remain in me. What, what's going on here? Jesus is saying to his true disciples, hey, listen, pruning is coming, but don't worry, my true disciples, because that pruning is just going to be forming you into who you already are. Whoa. So if you're remaining in Jesus, if you're in Christ, you can be encouraged because these trials that are going to come, don't worry. You're, you are my disciple. You're just going to be being formed into who you already become, who you already are. Your willingness to have remained in me and, and been obedient to me, it's showing you're already in me. So it should be an encouragement to us. But here's a question I have for all of us. How did we get connected in the first place? How did we get connected? How did we get clean? Jesus says, you were made clean by the word I spoke, I've spoken to you. Okay, what's going on here? 
the word represents all of Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of John. That he's the eternal son of God. That he's bringing God's kingdom to earth. That he's going to die for our sins and then raise again. That he's going to come back and return. And here's the, here's the key. When people believe in Jesus, they're connected to him. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. It's so amazing. That's how we're connected. Jesus says, you're already made clean. You've already been pruned. You're already mine because you believed in me. And so be encouraged, disciples. There's going to be pruning coming, but that pruning is just going to be forming you into who you already are, which is my disciple. Whoa. All right, so then it's setting the stage for this, this command that the whole series is about. Are you ready? Verse 4. Remain in me. I've heard it said in a loose, paraphrased way to say it, linger with me, because he just loves you. Linger with me. Stay with me. Stay connected to me. That's what Jesus is saying to you tonight. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. All right, here we are. This is the... the the series, right, is remain. What does it mean to remain? I don't know about you, but I read this passage and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I just, I want to do it. What does it mean to remain in you? And, and tonight, this, this talk, it's really not only how do we remain, but it's also why do we remain? Why should we remain? And ultimately, the reason is because Jesus is better than anything else. Jesus is better. But how do we remain? Here's what I want to break it down. Write this down. Three words when you think of remain. Behold, believe, obey. Behold, believe, obey. All right, let me break this down. How do we remain in Jesus? Well, remember, we got connected in the first place through faith in Jesus Christ. So to remain is truly just to keep truly believing in him. But how does that work in the first place? First of all, we behold God. We behold what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. We behold who he is. We behold that he's holy and we're sinful. And yet he loves us and he made a way for us to be saved. And we behold his loveliness, his beauty, his, his preciousness, his majesty, his, his glory. We behold him. And maybe for a second you're like, Jake, what do you mean behold God? And we're going to be talking about giving glory to God. And maybe you're just like saying to yourself like, that just doesn't sound that exciting. I'd rather behold TikTok, you know, or, or Instagram or whatever, you know. Like I don't really feel like beholding God, even though David in Psalm 27 says, the one thing I ask, the one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the, upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So there's something there, right? Maybe you're like, I'm not really a God, a glorying, giving God glory person. I'm not really a beholding God. And I want to say, stop, stop. Stop. I want we're, we're talking about, you know, the vine and the branches and grapes. So I want to use a wine analogy for a second, all right? Some of you one day may choose to try wine. <laughs> and some of you, when you try it, are not going to like it. But here's the thing. Just because you don't initially like the taste of wine doesn't necessarily mean you're not a wine person or couldn't enjoy wine. 
it might mean that you have not yet acquired a taste for the world of what wine is. It might mean that your palate for tasting wine has not become mature yet. It doesn't actually mean that you're not a wine person. There's a whole world of wine. I mean, there's so many words to describe wine, so many names. It's insane. Ask Grant Bridges. He knows a lot about some excellent wine. <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. That's funny. Guys, so it is with God. So it is with God. Maybe when you're hearing me talk about beholding God and giving God glory, you're like, I don't know if that sounds good. I want to say, don't let you be hearing yourself say that and be like, I'm not a God person. Maybe it's just that you have not yet acquired for the greatest, acquired the greatest taste in the universe. Maybe your maturity level just needs to grow. It's not that you're not a God person. It's that you just need to grow into realizing who God is and the glory of God. So we start with beholding God. And we realize how good he is and how beautiful he is and how, how majestic he is. And then we believe in him, which just means we respond. We say yes. We say, Jesus, I believe that you're the only way that I can be saved. I choose you to be my Savior and my Lord. And guess what? That overflows into obedience obedience. So how do we remain? We behold what God has done. We believe in him and we obey him. Let's go on to verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Wait, what do you mean, Jesus? Like a lot of people who are not followers of Christ do a lot of things. They even do amazing things. And I believe Jesus is saying, you can't do something of eternal value unless you're remaining in me. You can do a lot of things, but you can't do something that lasts for eternity. Wow. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's the first point of the night. When we remain in Jesus, our fruit, which is what gets produced from our life, has eternal impact. Whoa! When we remain in Jesus, our fruit has eternal impact. Later, Jesus is going to say, it's to my Father's glory that you bear fruit, fruit that will last. Guys, see, students, you were not made to just kind of coast through life, making it through life. You were made to bear fruit of eternal value. You're made to grow into this mature image of Christ, and you're made to help other people know the glory of God. You are not made to just waste your life. You are made for God's glory and to produce eternal fruit. Come on. It's so good. It's so true. What is the fruit like Jesus is talking about? He's talking about the fruit of character formation. He's talking about a lot of joy in this passage. He's also talking about love. So there's this, I'm just going to use two M's. There's maturity, but then it's also not just our love and our joy, but it's also more disciples, because it's other people's love for Christ and joy in Christ. So just two fruit are maturity, that, that lasts forever, who you become in God, and also more disciples, that other people would be saved for forever. Come on, you were made for that. Let's go on to verse 6. Here we go. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and 
burned. Ooh, gosh, that sounds harsh. Jesus has in here Judas in mind, who is about to demonstrate that he doesn't want Christ. He doesn't want to remain. And there is this reality, and Jesus in love pulls no punches, guys. He talked about hell a lot, and fire is a common Jewish and biblical image for judgment. And there's this reality, guys, that God's holy. Can you say holy? That means he's utterly godlike. <laughs> holy is like an, kind of like a way to describe the one and only God. Only God is truly holy. And we are sinners. Like we've rebelled and spit in the face and, and, and gone against God. And so there's this reality that a holy God, holiness is meaningless without judgment, without responding and punishing sin. And yet, so there's this punishment element to hell that we deserve punishment for rebelling against a holy God. There's also a mercy element to hell because God is treating us as the free human beings that he made in his image with the dignity. You only, pun when, you, when you punish someone and say, hey, you should have known better, and you did, you're actually giving them dignity because you're treating them as a free human being. Not only that, but also the person in, in, in themselves is saying, I don't want you, God. So in mercy, God is saying, you don't have to be with me then. Hell is both punishment and mercy. And Jesus pulls no punches. And as Britt preached last week, there's only one way to the Father. And it's through Jesus Christ. And what is Jesus saying in this whole passage? He's saying, remain in me. Come be with me. I want you. He's done everything. The holy God who did not have to. He said, come, be with me. There's one way, and I made it for you. Come, remain in me. Let's go to verses 7 and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 7, what does that mean? Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. What I believe Jesus is meaning is when he says, as you remain in me, so as you behold me, believe in me, and obey me, your character is going to be formed more and more into my image, and you're going to be requesting things of God more and more in line with his will, which God is more and more likely to say yes to those things. Do you want a more fruitful prayer life, CA students? I do. Remain in Jesus. Behold him. Behold what he's done. Believe in him and obey him. And then verse 8 gets me stoked. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is the second point. I'm so excited about it. When we remain in Jesus, our fruit brings glory to God, which means we fulfill our purpose. Guys, just a reminder, your life was not about you. It's not, you, didn't, you were not made for you. You were made for God. You were made for God's glory. What's God's glory? It's his loveliness. It's his radiance. It's his beauty. It's his preciousness. It's, it's his majesty. It's, he's, there's no one like him. He's beautiful, and he's good, and he's kind, and he's holy. And there's, it, It's God himself. And, and God's glory is not like a black hole that just takes, 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 takes. It's like the sun that shines forth. And as we help other people see the beauty and the glory of God, then all of a sudden, they want to respond to God. And then that blessing flows to them and to other people into the world. 
God's glory is why we exist. And when you remain in Jesus, your fruit, what gets produced in your life, it does what you were designed to do. It brings God glory. You fulfill your purpose. Hey, like I said before, guys, you were not, I was just on, in this conversation with this amazing missionary in Tanzania. He's like, he's so legendary. He's, he's book of Acts, like, like just unbelievable legend. And I was talking to him about global missions. And I asked him, like, what would you say to someone who's thinking about, um, like, being a missionary? And he kind of responded in a way, um, kind of in a broader way. And he was like, here's what I would say, unplug, unplug. And he said something really powerful. He was like, guys, so often what the devil wants to do is he wants the fake and the surrogate to replace the real. And he said, unplug. And I love it because it's kind of like in this, in this thing on remain in Jesus and like stay connected to Jesus. It's kind of like, hey, unplug from some stuff so that you can plug into Jesus. Disconnect from some stuff so that you can connect to Jesus. Forsake some stuff so that you could come near to Jesus. He, he, he did mention, he's like, like I see so many students and they're spending hours and hours playing video games and hours and hours on TikTok. And, and, and you weren't made for a digital adventure. You were made for a real adventure in real life. Like you were made to bring God glory and, and have eternal fruit from your life. Guys, if you're spending, and don't hear me as like just this old guy who doesn't like social media. Like I use social media and I'm saying this because I love you and I don't want you to waste your life. But if you're spending hours and hours on social media or on video games, hear me in love say stop. Don't, don't waste your life. That's fake. And what God has for you is to, is to produce eternal fruit, to not live in the digital world, but to live a real adventure. Come on, let's, let's disconnect from some stuff so we can connect to Jesus. If you need to, just be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this for this amount of time. And I literally, Jesus, I'm going into your presence and I need you to sustain me. I need you to entertain me. I need you to show yourself to be real. Holy Spirit, do it, and he'll do it. And maybe you're like, I don't know how. Have somebody do it with you. You were made to bring God glory with your life. Don't waste your life, CA students. Let's go to verses 9 and 10. Aiden, you can come up and join me. As the Father has loved me, nope, yep, that's where I am. Yes, it is. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Did you hear that? Is anybody else mind blown? Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in my love. Can everybody just take a second and let your mind be blown that Jesus just said, as the Father loves the Son. Think about how God loves God, the Son. Like God the Father. Think of the love in the Trinity. The love of the Father. How he loves the Son. That's how Jesus loves you. This is worth dying for love, my friends. That's how Jesus loves you. Like the Father loves the Son. Like what? 
Oh my gosh. And then he says, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. There it is. We see it. Behold, believe, and obey. See, students, you'll experience Jesus. You'll experience that connection as you behold him, as you believe him, and as you obey him. Let's be obedient. What, what are some ways we can obey? Man, we can, we can say yes to Jesus' call to make other disciples. We can take risks for him and invite people into a relationship with him. We can, we can not dishonor people by the way that we tell lies. We can not gossip. We can tell the truth. We can respect people in authority. We can walk in purity and not in sexual temptation. We can, all these ways, we can be obedient to Jesus. Let's keep going. Verse 11. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. What? Here's the third reason why we should remain. Why remain, guys? When we remain, our fruit brings us supernatural joy. Why do I say that? Because Jesus says it. I have told you this so that my joy, that's Jesus' joy. He's divine. He's supernatural. He's God. He wants his joy to be in us. And what's this verse saying? Guys, joy outside of Jesus is at best incomplete. But only in Christ will we experience joy. I don't want to go too long, but I have to say this verse. I love this verse. Deuteronomy um, 30, verses 18 through 19. Moses is talking to the Israelites. He's talking to God's people, and he says, Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life, CA students, that you and your descendants might live. And then he says, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. And if you love and obey the Lord, surely you will live long in the land the Lord gave promise to give your ancestors. Oh, see, students, that we would choose life. When we, can I just say, obedience is not about drudgery, and it's not about God just being like a killjoy. It's the opposite. Obedience is not about drudgery. It's about joy. Do you think that these other things are what lead to joy? No, it's obedience that leads to joy. Let's follow Christ. Don't believe. Jesus says, Mark 13, 5 through 6, he says, he says, um, then Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. Don't be deceived. Sin's deceitful. Follow Jesus and obey him. It's what leads to joy. One final point from verses 12 through 17 and then we'll sing. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Here it is. Fruit that will last. Come on. Come on. We want our lives to count, right? For eternity, there's one way. Remain in Jesus. And so 
you did not choose me, I chose you, that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that, e- that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. The final point I want to make is that Jesus says, when you remain in him, he calls you friend. And I'm not just, you know, thinking of that, that funny song that's like, I am a friend of God, right? Like, not just like that, but like, in the Old Testament, there were two people that were called God's friend. Two out of lots of people, Abraham and Moses. Jesus is drawing our attention back to that and saying, when you remain in me, you're in that category. You're my friend. What's the difference? A king can just tell a servant what to do. A king doesn't confide in a servant. But when you are God's friend, the God of the universe, CA students, wants to confide in you. He wants to share his heart with you. He wants to share his secrets with you, his heart motivations, that kind of intimacy. God wants you to be his friend. Remain in him, and God calls you friend. Isn't that insane? That's unbelievable. God wants to call you friend. Why do we remain? Because when we remain, guys, our fruit has eternal impact. Whoa. When we remain, we fulfill our purpose. We bring glory to God. And when we remain, we're filled with supernatural joy. Will you stand on up with me? There are going to be leaders around the room. You can come to the front as well. They're going to be leaders around the room. And I just feel like there's some people in here who just need to respond. Maybe you need to behold right now and just behold God and his goodness and his grace. Maybe you need to believe in Christ for the first time. Respond to him and say, you are my savior. Maybe some of you need to be obedient. I just want to encourage you to take a step what you need to do before God tonight and see students, let's remain in Jesus together. Let's behold him. Let's sing.